Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. Hey y'all, welcome back. This is Jenny and you're listening to the Funky Farm Girl podcast. This is episode 53, Permaculture and Companion Planting, Four Reasons and Seven Companions. Before we get into our four reasons for companion planting and my seven favorite companions, let's talk about what's happening on the homestead. So we are this week just returned from the beach and relaxed and refreshed and ready to jump into another week of getting the farm, the homestead ready for another gardening season. And so we are just up to our elbows and just tending to everything that was let go for a couple days while we were gone and getting everybody adjusted again and jumping right back in rest is so good for a weary soul and it's such a good refreshment right before we jump in to another gardening season so I'm so thankful for the break but I'm also so happy to be back and ready to jump in and get started on this season of gardening and so with that Let's talk about today's episode, Permaculture and Companion Planting. So this is our third episode in this permaculture series. So if you go back to episode 51, you can listen to the introduction about what permaculture is and exactly what we're talking about when we say permaculture. And even on beyond before that, we did an episode on chickens and permaculture and how the gardens and the chickens feed each other and work together super well to make both of them very happy. And so I really have, have been wanting to do a deep dive into several different topics on permaculture because it's really changing Um, the way I think about our land as I begin to make decisions for more long-term design and just thinking in terms of where would things serve us best to be or how do I want to develop this part of the land or or over here in this corner and what kinds of goals do we have and the things that we want to set up and put into place and how do we want to grow food and how do we want to raise our animals in a way that that really um, locks arms with mother nature and and walks alongside of the things that she naturally does rather than lock horns with her and fight tooth and nail to try to make things happen in a way that we want them to. And so one of the 
biggest things um, that I do that really brings permaculture to our farm, to our little homestead, is companion planting. And again, the biggest thing is, is it, it doesn't lock horns with Mother Nature and fight against what she's doing. It actually really encourages natural systems to happen on their own in a way that produce more harvest for less work with less loss and aggravation and so let's dive in and talk first about why we would want to consider companion planting now companion planting is basically when you plant two things that are not the same type of things beside of each other so that they benefit from each other so plants that are friends so that they work together to produce even better plants why would we want to do that number one we want to do that because it repels pests one of the biggest things that can take out a garden faster than anything is is to have a pest move in when you have aphids take over your pumpkin patch there are no more pumpkins uh, if you have hornworms that come in and eat up your tomatoes there's no more tomato plants um, and those things are super hard to deal with when you're fighting against mother nature when you're locking horns with her and you're trying to figure out how to get these things out of your garden without resorting to pesticides and chemicals then companion planting is one of the easiest ways to do that because you can plant things that smell bad that the that to the pests that they don't like or things that they'll be attracted to that they'll eat instead of the plant that you're trying to grow and it's just a really really great way to repel pests number two it can improve the flavor of your food your harvest will taste better because of the things that it's growing beside. So if you're growing basil beside your tomatoes, your tomatoes are going to be even more flavorful than they are without the basil there. Um, so it can really improve the flavor of your food to have certain things planted near each other. Third reason why we would want to do companion planting is it just uses your garden space a lot more efficiently it is a lot easier to plant a few zinnia in between each of your tomato plants than it is to plant tomatoes over here in a row and then go over here and plant zinnias in a spot um, because when you're interspersing them among each other like that you're taking advantage of small pockets of space and you're filling in all those little pockets and so you're going to have a larger harvest because you're going to be able to put more in the same space than you would if you were just planting things in rows and planting things individually rather than companion planting several different types of things together it's also going to cut down on your weeds because when you have more of the ground covered there's nowhere for the weeds to come in um, bare ground doesn't stay bare um, it it really desires to grow something and so that if you don't have a plant growing there a weed's going to come and take over so 
the more you can use your garden space in an efficient way by pairing different things together and filling in all those little gaps. Um, the bigger the harvest you're going to have and the fewer weeds. And last but not least, you're going to bring a great diversity for pollinators and wildlife and soil health. And that's going to bring in nutrients and shade or physical support that's necessary in order to grow really great, strong produce. So in a natural ecosystem, if you go out into the woods, you're not going to see, okay, over here is the row of pine trees, and over here is the row of oak trees, and here in this section is some mushrooms, and over here is a fern. Um, no, all those things are mixed together, and you may see a giant oak tree with a fern underneath it that's shading the mushrooms that are growing underneath, and so... In a natural ecosystem, those plants are companions and they're right there together and they're growing and supporting each other and those mushrooms are adding things to the soil that maybe the fern needs or maybe the fern is giving the shade that the mushrooms need or maybe both of them together are, are filtering the water that the tree needs. Um, so all those things work together in a balance and that tree is going to thrive in a way that it would not if it did not have that fern and mushrooms underneath it. The most common and well-known example of companion planting is called the three sisters. I'm sure that anybody who has gardened for any length of time has heard of the three sisters method. And this is a, a Native American tradition where they would plant corn and beans and squash together um, and they called it the three sisters and what would happen is as those three plants began to grow the corn would be the support that the beans needed because the beans would need something to grow up on uh, they would need to be trellised in a way and so they use that corn as a natural trellis and they would grow up the stalk of the corn so that the beans are able to grow and thrive. Now the beans are putting nitrogen into the soil that the corn and the squash need for them to thrive. And then the squash leaves are acting as a mulch and they're keeping the ground cool and they're suppressing weeds and they're conserving moisture. And those things are gonna create stronger healthier roots and stronger healthier plants and that's going to produce a more bountiful harvest and those are the kinds of things that we're looking for when it comes to companion planting how can we work with mother nature and lock arms with her rather than lock horns and work along with the things that naturally happen in order to produce better crops and produce more flavorful food and to deal with fewer pests. So let's get in to seven of my favorite companion plants. Number one on the list is basil. Basil is an awesome little powerhouse because it's going to repel a lot of things. It's going to repel 
hornworms from tomatoes. Big deal right there. Um, hornworms will kill your tomatoes before you even know they're there. And so to have basil nearby is going to keep those hornworms from even taking up space there. On top of that, it's also going to repel aphids, mites, flies, and mosquitoes. And because of all those benefits, it's also really beneficial to peppers. And so if you grow tomatoes and peppers and basil all right there together, guess what? You've got spaghetti sauce in your garden right there. And it's all working together um, to make it more flavorful and to bring in less pests so that you have a greater amount that's harvested because it's not being eaten up by bugs. Next nifty little companion plant is marigolds. Now not all of these are produce. Some of these are flowers and they're really important flowers and if you've never thought of putting flowers in your garden I highly recommend if nothing else for the pollinators to add some flowers to your garden but honestly a lot of the flowers also have the benefit of being a great companion plant and so marigolds fall into that category marigolds are going to deter cabbage moths and bean beetles so you're going to want to plant them near brassicas and beans and things like that because they're really going to help them to grow well and keep away the things that are going to destroy them. Another great benefit of marigolds is that the scent keeps wildlife mammals away. So if you want to deter things like squirrel and rabbits and deer from your garden, plant plenty of marigolds and that will be part of the puzzle piece that you need to be able to keep those kinds of things out of your plants. Next up on our list of companions is nasturtiums. Now y'all know that I'm a big fan of nasturtiums. I just love these things and I had not grown them until last year but I think that it is something that I will never ever be without in my garden again because one they're so beneficial and two they're beautiful and three every single part of them is useful and so I really highly recommend that you discover nasturtiums this year if you have not already. Nasturtiums are a good companion for tomatoes, cucumbers, radishes, brassicas, and melons. If you have a problem with cabbage moths, those cabbage moths will lay eggs on the nasturtium leaves instead of on your brassicas. And so they will lay on the nasturtium they'll eat up the nasturtium instead of eating up your cabbages and so you'll have big beautiful cabbages and you'll lose some of your nasturtium but honestly the nasturtium is so prolific um i don't think it's going to kill all of it um, but it will be a great sacrificial plant um, to save your brassicas from being ruined by the cabbage moth it's also in the same way a great trap crop for aphids which will make for wonderful melons and cucumbers 
I'm planning to plant some this year with my pickle cucumbers at the bottom of each of the little trellises. I'm going to do a row of nasturtium. I also planted some on the arch where I'm growing my cucamelons. So plant you some nasturtiums. Next up on the list is dill. Dill is awesome. Um, dill's not something that you hear about a lot of people growing, but I honestly believe that it's going to become one of my new favorites as well. It is going to encourage things like ladybugs, bees, and garden spiders to come into your garden. Now, I know some of you are saying, why in the world would I want to encourage spiders and bees to be in my garden? You've got to think of these things as your friends. You've got to see the benefit that they provide. Those spiders are going to trap insects um, that may harm your plants like aphids and things like that. Um, the bees and the ladybugs, same thing. They're going to they're gonna pollinate and they're going to keep the population of the pest insects down. Those are predatory insects and so they're going to come in there and they're going to control the population of the pests that may come in. Dill also will attract a beneficial wasp that um, feeds on the cabbage moths. So if you have brassicas, you want to plant some dill nearby because that parasitic wasp will attract, um, will be attracted to the dill and then they will go after those cabbage moths and they will feed on them and keep them under control. You're going to want to plant dill with brassicas, corn, cucumber, lettuces, and onions. Next up on our list of companions is chives. Chives will actually improve the flavor of your tomatoes and your carrots. So plant those there and um, just enjoy a much more flavorful uh, variety of your tomatoes and your carrots. They also are going to repel aphids and Japanese beetles. However, you are not going to want to plant chives by beans and peas. Whatever it is that you decide to put in your garden as a companion plant, always do a Google search and say chives companion planting and it will definitely tell you what it's really really good to plant with and what things need to be avoided. Not everything is a friend in the garden. There are some things that just are not compatible. They may um, prevent it from thriving or they may attract the wrong kind of thing and cause um, an insect to come in that actually would eat your plant rather than repel a pest and so do make sure that you google whichever kind of plant that you're wanting to use as a companion or if you have a specific kind of thing that you're growing like tomatoes and you want to grow something beside of it that will be a good companion you can google tomatoes companion planting and it will tell you exactly what is a great companion to your tomatoes so chives are not great for beans and peas, but they're wonderful for tomatoes and carrots. And they'll repel the aphids and the Japanese beetles for you. 
Next up on our list is Cosmos. Cosmos are beautiful, bright, beautiful flowers. And they are going to be food and habitat for parasitic wasps like we talked about before. Um, they're going to be great for lace wings and hoverflies, spiders, ladybugs, and all kinds of other beneficial predatory insects. So if you want to keep the bad bugs under control in your garden, plant lots of cosmos because the cosmos will attract all of the different insects that eat the bad bugs. You will have loads of beneficial insects and fewer of the pests not to mention your garden will look gorgeous with all of those flowers blooming everywhere last but not least one of the stars of the show right up there with nasturtium something i will always 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 plant and that's sunflowers Sunflowers are beneficial to crops that require an insect pollination like squash and pumpkins. So if you have something that absolutely needs to be pollinated in order to continue growing, then you want to make sure that you plant sunflowers. I'm planning on planting them all around my pumpkin patch this year to make sure that I bring in those pollinators so that my pumpkins will uh, be pollinated and grow and be prolific this year. They're also great at attracting bees and ladybugs that prey on aphids. And aphids are going to chew up your plants and ruin your pumpkin patch like they did mine last year. If you don't have the sunflowers there. So, our list again is basil, marigolds, nasturtium, dill, chives, cosmos, and sunflowers. This is just the tip of the iceberg, y'all. Almost every plant can be a companion to something. So whatever it is that you're growing in your garden, like I said, I encourage you to go on Google and to search the name of that plant and companion planting and see what pops up. It may help you to plan out what gets put beside of what in your garden. It may mean that you go and you buy some seeds or you buy a few plants and you tuck them in among the things that are already planted in your garden to make that garden even better this year. But it really is worth the planning and effort to plant things together. You're going to get bigger harvests, you're going to get better flavor, and you're going to get healthier soil in the long run. So this week, think about what you're planning and then add a companion. We're going to continue our permaculture series next week and we'll be talking about fruit tree guilds. So if you have fruit trees in your yard and you want to know how to bring permaculture principles um, into that scenario and bring in things that will support the soil and support the plant um, of your tree and really um, just like these companion plantings, um, fruit guilds are going to bring in um, the things that deter pests and that cause greater flavor and better benefits. So stay tuned for that next week as we continue our permaculture series. See you then. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl 
on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.